Hello again. I'm Karina Givargas of the founder of Mission Magazine, the first fashion philanthropic media brand, if you don't know us already. Welcome to our podcast, My Mission Is. I do these with my friend Charlene Spiteri, the singer-songwriter of the UK band Texas. This podcast, we have the pleasure of talking to someone who really has grown up the ranks in his profession and is at the top of the game. Please stay tuned and hear our conversation with Ivan Bart, the president of IMG Models. Ivan, I was actually having a bit of a flashback just before coming on to this because you were giving me such incredible deja vu. When I went to St. Martin's Art School years ago and I had a year internship and I flew to New York and worked at, first of all, Women's Wear Daily under Bridget Foley and then Alex White came along and became the new contributing editor at W and took me under her wing and I was, and I was her assistant. And that's when I first heard about you and learned about you. And I think you came into the office a couple of times and I think there was some big shoot she was doing with Mayo Testino and, and I, I think it was Amber and Shalom in San Francisco. They were up to do, or Craig McDean perhaps. But I remember, I very much remember you coming into the offices and being very impressed to meet you. Thank you. So congratulations on going up the ranks. Well, I, I, I think, you know, part of success is really also relationships. I mean, the whole thing about uh, working in this industry is to really build your relationships. And so I never really like to just sit at a desk. You know, I like to go down to the sets and to offices and to see people. And it was great to see people in their work environment and then to be able to sit down, have a coffee and to just hear what they wanted to project, what kind of imagery, how can I help? I got to promote new talent. So Going into offices were great. And then you meet the next generation like yourself, <laughs> where I have the privilege to sit here so many years later and, and talk to you. So, I mean, I, and that's the key too. It's like, I'm always looking forward. I'm looking at the next generation. I'm looking at, you know, not only just who's the editor, but who's the assistant to the editor? Who's the photographer? Who's the assistant to the photographer? Who's the assistant to the, the great stylist? And really building uh, relationships. And I also like the fact that I'm sitting in very distinct generations where, you know, I real I was able to be on the set of some of the great photographers like Helmut Newton and Richard Avedon and uh and 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 Francesca Scavulo too. Which oh I, wow. I, I loved being on that set. And I loved being in his um studio in in the sixties in like a, a little carriage house. With uh, when you walked in, you saw the pictures of Janis Joplin and, and oh my gosh, all, you know all these people that he had photographed, and then to be on sets of the new generation. Is there anything that's like that now that you feel that gives you that same sense, like when you walked into the Helmut Newton sets? I mean, is that it's such a different era now, isn't it? Well, the difference is also, and I've talked to to you know models who can remember when, a, when, especially being on an Avedon set, when he's just mm. sitting there, you know, clicking, 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 and you're, you know, you just got to keep, as a model, you have to keep, you know, up with him and, and, and moving and, 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 and really like making sure you have the best shot because there was no, you know, digital, there was no like, you know, and for me, the, the, there's a lot of positive things now that we can get things right and you can get the image correct. And, but like, there is a flow that stops when someone takes a picture and then everybody runs to the laptop, you know, or, or to the video. And, and then, you know, it, there's something about 
I'm so glad that I was able to see creativity in motion and just keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. And then to actually, you know, I speak to Lauren Hutton about this. Like she said, she learned how to edit film, but you know, through Richard Avedon, because, you know, she just was doing her thing and then they would have to sit down and, uh, and edit film. Yes, yes. I know. I remember those days when I was Alex's assistant, the Polaroid, the precious one Polaroid that you had to try and go and recreate once you've seen that one Polaroid. Yeah, I think the thing, though, as well, though, is if, you know, look, when you you can see the, the, the computer screen nowadays, the advantage that it gives when you're in front of the camera um, rather than behind it is, is that you can reposition yourself and you can find a way that, that, that helps the photographer and all the team on set. Um, and I guess the way you, you want it to, to portray yourself and the, the way things are. So I think it does move things on in that sense, which is, is another, I guess, a, a modern day edit um, that the model yeah. or the person in front of the camera can do themselves. I mean, the other thing that, you know, I hear this as a complaint sometimes from the creatives is that uh, too many people are on set now. I mean, like so much is at stake. So like you have many people from a brand and you have, you know, the assistant of an assistant and, uh, you know, and then you have people just sitting there, you know, really with a laptop and they're working. And I really think that, you know, the, the, the interesting thing about COVID right now and that we're downsizing teams and trying to create safe environments, the, the positive thing is to get back to that core creative you know, I always knew also as, as, as being a manager of talent that I knew my place also, like I would love to go down to the set. Don't get me wrong. And that's what I started the conversation, why building a relationship, many photographers even say, you know, I don't really know many, you know, model managers out there except for you. And I'm like, cause I, I went out of my way to make myself known, but I always knew you got to pick the right time. And so like, I never showed up in the morning unless, you know, it was a gazillion dollar shoot and like a lot was at stake and we had to make sure that everybody was all good. But I always, always kind of picked that time, you know, when they were going to break for lunch so they could come down. I could see one shot. We can all have lunch together. And then I'm like, okay, out of here, go keep creating. You know, I always knew it was a very safe space to create. And so I am hearing, from a lot of teams right now, they're enjoying the fact that you you have to control the sets now for safety reasons, for health reasons. And it's giving people a return back to some creativity where you don't have the clock watchers and the people, yes. and the assistant of an assistant <gasps> and 72,000 people on set. And like, who are these people and what are they doing here? You know? And it saves a fortune. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Too many cooks in the kitchen a lot of times. Oh, when that's I mean, the some of the faffing that goes on sometimes I know you guys would probably not like the use of that word but um I love it just, 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 just <laughs> it sounds like it it means <laughs> yeah I mean it really it's just a nightmare so I'm a musician um Ivan and it's you know I'm coming from the other side of it and and that's the thing is when you're on a set um it the faffing is like you're just like come on guys let's just do it because the only person that you're really like at that point with is if you're connecting with a photographer, that's what's going to make it. You know, so you really, when someone, five people are in your face touching you and moving you and faffing your hair and fixing your face and pulling your clothes, you know, all those things are important, but not 25 people doing it. 
like great stylist is so important because they can change the way something looks. Um, great makeup, great hair, but it has got to a point where, as you say, the, the the industry has just got bigger and bigger and bigger, and more and more people on set. Um, and hopefully this will really change things again where people really downsize and the creativity comes back to basics. I, I know a lot of people would be grateful of it, um, but so much is going on right now. I mean, like it's really a moment of tremendous change. How how does, how does like in change wise, how has things like the Me Too movement and Black Lives Matter and everything changed the, the modeling industry full stop? I mean, has it really made a big impact on it and have people really, really changed the way they work? You know, there's a ringing of uh, certainty, let's put it that way. This is really um, a moment of reckoning. And, you know, like you said, with the Me Too movement with Black Lives Matter, this is about accountability. And I like, you know, I've always been proud of the work I've done because I've always seen fashion as a platform, even on my Instagram account, it says through fashion imagery, we can affect social change. I always knew that being having the opportunity to project imagery to young people as they pick up their magazine for the first time, or they see their first image or they see campaigns. I, I thought it was very important to see themselves. And I, 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 you know, worked very hard to build a roster of talent that was very diverse. And I think when you think of IMG models, you think of our diversity and inclusion, and you know, it, it just kept building in the last 10 years. I've been, I've been so proud of the work that we've done because we've really focused on size, race, age, gender. I love that, you know, like we have so many non-binary models now and, you know, just on the whole diversity, but what I really am first awakening and awoke from all of this movement is that it's not just the talent that we needed to diversify. It was the industry itself. So like who's behind the camera, who's, who's the hair, who's the makeup. And to really hear models voice now to black models, when they get to a set, the sensitivity of like, who's touching their hair and who's doing the makeup. And are they really well-versed in black hair black skin are they understanding what they're doing and like it really shook me because i thought i was awoke and this movement really woke me to the fact that it's not just the optics here it's about really true feeling and when our our black and people of color talent are walking into sets how are they treated and how are they felt and how how are we treating each other and and is are are we diversified enough in the in the amount of managers that we have to represent talent like this and all of this is like i think i needed to understand even further the, the evolution i was hoping to achieve is really now this moment of of reckoning has really really opened my eyes to a lot a lot that needs to change a lot more that has to change you know, and I've been proud, like I, I pushed anywhere I could. And I knew that also uh, for our black talent, we had to work twice as hard and, you know, just to open the door and, the, you know, for many of the cosmetic brands or apparel brands, you know, I was happy to say that we had the first model, first black model in this brand or that brand, but it wasn't just that win of getting somebody through the door. 
the work then had to begin because for so many of these brands, I said, could we please have her go into the labs and start mixing colors that work for her? So like, it wasn't just getting the contract. It was actually having to work with the brand, understand what she can do from a PR point of view. Are you using her enough to promote the products? Are you having, making her visible? And so just to, you know, sum up in this long conversation that I'm throwing out there is that this, this, you know, that, that, this moment means the work has really just begun because if people aren't feeling heard, seen, if if their paychecks aren't equal, if uh, there's not true equality and visibility, then then what is the work that we had just done? I mean, and 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 nobody, nobody, especially uh, this Gen Z group, has that nobody. The time is now. Nobody has, nobody wants to say, oh, we're going to work on it. They're like, why hasn't this happened? And it's all about accountability. And it's like, people are asking me, well, how, how have, how have we gone this far? And why is the problem still here? I mean, I read an amazing story about you when one of your clients, Marnie Molinovsky, didn't get a contract and you went back and fought because you were astounded um, that they hadn't booked her and so you have been fighting this fight for a long time and I just you know I really really wanted our listeners to hear that and know that that this isn't just a talk of mo- of this moment that that you have you know you just look at your Instagram alone as well um, that you really have um, backed this for many many years. Well it's interesting though but talking to young people today they don't want to know what I did they want to know what so I can't I can't sit here and rest in past glory that, that they want to know what I'm doing right now. And I respect that tremendously. But that story too, like, you know, I also think also, by the way, the story of race does is is viewed in many different ways around the world. And also, you know, being the movement is really exploded in America, and we're looking from an American point of view and uh, 400 years of uh, oppression and slavery and, and all of the uh, poison that, you know, uh, this country has given forth to uh, people of color. Um, it, it's seen differently, I know, in different, different countries, different around the world. So the, the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, I grew up. Uh, you know, through the civil rights movement, and it was emblazoned in my mind. And I, I knew the Civil Rights Act. Um, I couldn't believe that in the late '80s, I was on the receiving end of this call where you know they asked about you know beautiful woman, uh, five foot nine, taller, gorgeous, you know, for this jewelry campaign, and um, I, I named five women, and one of them being Marnie, and I, I, and and they kept dancing around like, no, not Marnie, not Marnie. And then finally I just went, why? I said, out of the people I just said to you, she's probably got the best personality and she could really sell the product. And they finally said to me, oh, we're not looking for, for black women. And I, I immediately went, can wow. you say that? Can you <laughs> actually say that? I, wow. I thought, it was shocking to me because I was, I had just started in the industry. I couldn't believe it, which, which led me to believe that, oh, I need to be here. <laughs> mm-hmm. I need to be in this industry that, you know, I can affect some change here. And, you know, I wouldn't take no for an answer. And I went down, 
I actually just went to them and I took, you know, the VHS tapes and anything I could take to show her personality. And I said, and I finally said to them, listen, can you at least just meet her? Because I knew if they would meet her, maybe this, this will happen. And, um, and it did. And she got that job. And, and then that's just, by the way, that's just the basic of, of, of a good manager agent because um, you gotta, you gotta really push. I mean, no matter race, size, gender, et cetera, you know, you, you gotta get to a place where they're asking you what they, they, they want, but you gotta pivot to try to sell them what they need. And I, I, I knew for a long time, like we needed to see more, of ourselves in magazine and advertising. We needed to see it. And, you know, all of these things that we've talked about for the last 20 some odd years about, you know, eating disorders, or it's because people don't feel like I, this represents me. And, and we're constantly trying to strive ourselves and change ourselves and fix ourselves to be what is being projected. But I knew that if I could just sign talent that represented the world, a global communication that, that we would be doing something very important. The work would be important. But what I'm learning now is it's not enough. We have to make sure the industry changes, that all the players, the key decision makers, you know, are diverse. How, how does it work? I mean, Sean and I were talking earlier about this because I'm so curious. How does it work? Like, say you have a, a new model that's come on board and she's no experience whatsoever. How how does she get prepped to go on shoots or advertising campaigns? Does somebody, do you send a chaperone? Does she get, is there, I mean, do they get an intro pack? I mean, how does it all, that when you start at somewhere like IMG that's so enormously respected in, in the industry, is there kind of initial steps that you prepare a young girl or boy before they go to their first jobs? Absolutely. We, we have what, what's called a development board. And um, it's really like trained managers, uh, people that are also like, I also, when I interview people and I ask them, why do you want to do this? Oh, I love fashion. I had this picture of so-and-so on my wall since I was two. And, you know, I wanted to design things. I'm like, I'm like, uh-huh. And then I'm like, you know, that's not the job. And they're like, what? And I'm like, we're in fashion, but the job is a people management job. We manage people. So you have to have a good relationship with people. You have to be open and you have to be sensitive and be ahead of the curve of, of what their needs are. And so if you, I said, if you're not interested in managing people, this is not a career for you. That being said, we have very trained managers on the development board that actually communicate, A, number one, with a parent, because if anybody's a minor, and when I say minor, I'm meaning 16 to 18, you know, not looking to do anything sooner. Um, but, you know, if, we, if we're if we managing a minor, a parent has to be involved. If a parent does not want to be involved, we, we will say, call us when you're 18. Not interested. Not interested. Can I ask, Ivan, so... I mean, I I have seen a modeling contract um, and I don't know what IMGs is, but um, as far as, you know, a percentage, what is the percentage that a model agency would take? Is What is a standard sort of, is it, does it vary? Does it vary for throughout their career or? Yes, actually, it, it actually is. Uh, everything, 
I say what I say to everybody too when when uh, whenever we show a rep agreement is that everything is negotiable. So why don't you take it home? If you have any questions, come back. So we do like everything is negotiable. But it's it's for instance, um, you know, like I know when I'm doing my record contract or whatever, I know that when when I first yeah I signed my first record contract when I was um, 18 years old, and um, I remember I was just like. I want to be a musician I want to be I want a record contract because at that point it was really the only way you could make a record but you know I was very lucky that I had I already had management and I had people that worked with me that when that contract came in we negotiated on that contract to get the percentages down and what our cuts would be for the future and how many records etc what happens when you get a young girl who for instance has no idea but it's just so bloody desperate to be a model and it's her dream and it's his dreamer that they want to do this and they don't have the finance to get a good lawyer to negotiate a contract any or any of that 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 sort of thing well usually you know like i said you know if it if it's a young model they have to have a parent with them parent you know and we have to talk to the parent the parent has to sign off and then you know just back by the way i don't know how other people work but i could tell you now that when somebody a client you know moves on and does really, really well, I usually have this speech. Okay, so you've done really well, which means we've done really well for you. And this is a time we should be asking for a raise. However, we actually want to congratulate you and we are going to reduce your commission. I actually, at that point, I proactively do that because you know, I understand what the playing field is out there and um, we want our clients to be happy. So before I ever get a client saying, I don't know why I'm paying so much money. I've already, I've, I've already been there. I've already been there. And, you know, again, I don't want anything to be unfair. And so like, I always have people review things and come back to me and ask questions. And I, I, I would prefer some legal counsel too, because I like people to have all the facts straight before they ever engage. And again, you need a parent. And I, I absolutely, like I said, at this point in my life, I'm not interested in representing somebody who's a minor that doesn't have a parent involved. And, um, and I believe also that there's no rush. There's absolutely no rush. I mean, the industry itself now has changed tremendously um, as well. And nobody really uh, is shooting models under the age of 18. And there's really no rush. I've always felt I mean, this is going on for like back in the day when we represented Nikki Taylor and she was still in high school. You know, we made sure that she she finished high school. And then, you know, the other interesting thing too, Karina, I think you'll agree too, yes. is that the industry loves what they cannot have. So when you say the, the this person is not available, they're in school, I'm so sorry. They want them more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, sorry, they're in school. no not happening and that's why we're here because you know i think the big thing and and i think why img is uh has a good reputation is because we 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 don't we we take our job very seriously that we're here to protect people and so we are the people to say no we're the person between the talent and the customer to say no and to set the boundary set the rules and to pace a career and manage a career and strategize a career according to time on a person's emotional, physical, and mental 
state and we take this all very seriously and do you guide them do you also guide them in like what their choices would be like for instance for their futures like financially what they should be doing with their money what they should be asking how they manage it if they should have management what they should be paying in percentages and everything do you guys guide that as well absolutely we also we also uh refer people to business managers um there's there's some very terrific business managers out there um accountants make sure the taxes it's a you know it's a big business and the, the the thing that i've always said about you know especially for female talent is that this is an industry where women make more money than men i mean and and there's so there's no wage gap here for <laughs> except for the men the men actually at a disadvantage but that being said this is a i always said this is a feminist business because if you can if you could do your job well and we manage you correctly it's a career and when you think about uh the history of of, of our talent how big the careers are you know uh joan smalls carly claus carolyn murphy giselle bunchen i mean like these are big careers that go on and 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 to and they and other they, there's other opportunities after so everything has to be right finances things i mean believe me i've been on the other end of the call when they're like i met this guy he's so cute and we're going to open a restaurant together and i'm like that's the worst idea i've ever heard <laughs> please don't do that <laughs> you know Actually, I love that you mentioned Joan Smalls because I was I, I saw that she started a, an incredible initiative, Donate My Wage, yes. which you're supporting as well, which I think is is very very noble of her. I think it's, is it fifty percent of her earnings for the year to go to different Black Lives Matter organizations? Is that correct? Yeah, and you know I have to I have to hand it to her too. Uh, she provided a huge opportunity for us because you know as uh, the movement continued and as you know we wanted to get involved and we we really our our intention was how can we get money to black owned businesses and she came to us with this idea that she had and i was like oh we're signing on that's it it's done uh because it 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 actually it it, it actually went to the intentions of what we had and you know we have a wonderful philanthropic uh organization at <clears throat> endeavor which is IMG Models is a is a division of Endeavor, and um, you know, so we have so we have access to great charitable opportunities and things. But I really wanted to focus on on black owned businesses and organizations that would really put money right back into the community. And there she was, there there Joan was. You told me about someone from your team. I think last year I learned about Endeavor Impact. I think it's called. Where yes. if you can just tell us a bit more about that, Ivan. I think you take a day out, right? All the whole office is shut down. Well, Endeavor Impact is actually an organization. It's a philanthropic. Uh, part of our company, and there's a lot of things going on. You know, they're they're doing right now a summer series. You know, which which is like also like an interest industry introduction. So we actually have virtual sessions with students. You know, on careers in sports, entertainment, fashion. You know, I spoke about the fashion industry to a group of uh, you know very prestigious black colleges. It was really one of the most exciting days that I've had <laughs> this summer um, and the opportunity to, to just share my knowledge and my experiences. And, you know, 
the audience is basically, you know, great historic black colleges, universities, and, you know, Howard and just incredible. It was like, it was a fantastic opportunity for me. But that's just like one thing. They, we also have a, a, a great connection with UNICEF, Halima, and Gigi, our ambassadors. And then we do this thing called Walk the Walk, which has been the greatest thing. It's the greatest day. I can't even tell you, you know, um, we, we do this once a year. And it's a day where we literally close the office. And what I love about it is that we, we close the office on a weekday. You know, so it really, it shows that like giving back to the community is way more important than actually doing this on a weekend. It's like that it actually takes precedent over the work and surely out of working 365 days a year, you can take one day to give back. We have 7,000 employees, you know, in different disciplines, whether it's the UFC, whether it's uh, PBR, which is the Bull Riders, whether it's the entertainment, WME, whether it's IMG Models, whether it's the Wall Group, whether it's Art and Commerce. <laughs> and, and also what's so beautiful about this is that it's a global initiative. And, you know, we have offices in Asia Pacific, we have offices in Europe, we have offices in the United States. I mean, so I start my morning, it's always great. I start my morning on the Instagram account and I already see what happened in Asia. And, wow. you know, yeah, and it just works its way Brilliant. west, you know, and so everybody gets, so the thing is that everybody, any employee gets to pick uh, 10 organizations and, 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 you know, so it's everything from planting trees to helping the elderly to prison reform and sitting in on some political conversations, um, helping a hospital, helping a child, painting, um, painting a, a food bank, working in a food bank. I've done a lot of these things. I've, I've, I've done, I've, I've planted trees. Um, I've literally gave, gave out food at a food bank, really getting to be in the community for, you know, for the day. And then we always meet after and celebrate and 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 what's so great is like we go around the room and you start hearing like what people people start crying about some emotional things that happen during the day and it's just an incredible opportunity for every employee to to give back and that the, that our company supports it it's wonderful I think that that'd be great if a lot more did that. You are walking the walk and talking the talk, as they say. That's why it's called walk the walk. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. Fantastic. I'm sure this, I also learned that you studied psychology. That must have been so valuable in, in your industry, um, understanding people and maybe kind of different, you know, when something happens, you can, you sit back and reflect a little bit um, because you can think about the situation that's happened and be quite calmer because you've had this past experience in psychology. You know, I, what I said, you know, I uh, also part of this point in my life too, is also, I like to give back to students as well. And so I always say to every student, don't worry about where your life is going to end up. I, I know I said, there's so much pressure you know, like pick a, pick a major, pick a career. I said, your life will evolve and anything you learn is applicable. So for me, I mean, did I know like when I was going to school that I was going to end up being a model manager? <laughs> President. Run, you know, I mean, who knew? Like, I mean, that's not anything that I even thought existed, you know, while I'm studying psychology. So it just shows you too, but in the end, I ended up in the fashion industry 
working again, like I said, managing people and having a having having an integrity of wanting to take care of people, wanting to hear people, wanting to listen to their problems. It it really does give me an upper hand as uh, to to succeed in this industry. I think yeah. we work with quite a lot of interns in our office, and and they go to um, either uh, School of Visual Arts or FIT or Parsons, and it's ex- the pressure they have on them. And I think it's only uh, I've experienced, but I think only in America they put a lot of pressure on the educa- on the kids here. They some of their classes would end at ten o'clock at night, and they have loads of pay and the stress they would have which I was so shocked at sometimes. That's how I learned, you know, that thing, the fidget spinners, um, those things, they're, like, they're kind of like worry beads oh, that one of the young yeah, girls yeah. had. I've seen them, yeah. We had one girl in the office when we were still in the office in February and she had this thing and she, she, she I said, what's this? She said, I suffer from anxiety. I've got so much workload with college. And, and I said, my goodness, this should be the most exciting time of your life, being in school, le- always learning, learning. So it's, yeah, it's great that kind of you have that background in that, that you can, I'm sure that you apply that unintentionally to some of the young models or situations that happen. Because I, I can't even imagine, it must be so daunting to have these youngsters come on board to IMG and they get, I mean, what, what's, do you send them to different, like I know that before it being the industry standard, you'd, a lot of the girls or guys would go to different countries to Asia to model when they're very young and kind of cutting their teeth. Does that still happen now? This, is that still part of the industry, you'd send them abroad to work with different clients? Well, I want to address first, before I answer that question, I wanted to say too, like my, my, my skill set also applies to our employees. Yes, of course. Um, you yes. know, it, it is a very young industry, including when you hire people right. too. So, you know, um, I, even last night, I, <laughs> there was a stressful situation. One of the managers called me, they were a little bit heighten themselves and you know I had to stay very calm and walk them through the problem Mm -hmm. so that we can get to the other side of it and I said you know I think like I said the the main thing is to to be a calming guiding voice as far as you know sending yeah I mean like again I think very consciously we're not looking to send anybody abroad and everything until you know they're they're able to handle that situation and again, if it is just for a fashion week or something, you know, a parental chaperone, but it still does exist. Like some people, you know, we have an office in Sydney, so many of our talent will go there for a period of time and, you know, get some experience. And Sydney is a wonderful, I mean, like, please, it's one of my favorite. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> tell your listeners to keep a secret. It's one of my favorite territories that, you know, that I oversee is it's just a wonderful city because it, it has an urban uh, life and, you know, there's, there's so much culture going on there, but there's also um, beaches. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, I mean, what a great opportunity to be there, you know, and they have one, I mean, Australian Vogue, some of the Australian publications are top notch. And so to get the experience there, go to the beach, hang out at Bondi. Um, it, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it, 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 you know, and look, the other great thing about travel for modeling is travel. <laughs> is And I, I, you know, I always said, it's interesting because I had one model, I was in Paris and they weren't doing very well for the, for, for the fashion week. They weren't securing a lot of fashion shows and they were, you know, pretty down on themselves. And, and that's another good thing about being a, a manager is it, it, it's not also just being around the people that are, succeeding it's actually being there for the people that aren't and my my famous line is 
it's not about this season. It's about next season, <laughs> you know, so it's not, it's just not about the season. And you know what? It's not about the season, but guess what? You're in Paris. Guess what? You're here. So why don't you wipe your tears and why don't you go over to the Louvre? Why don't you go to the Musée d'Orsay? Why don't you go, you know, and I'll give people like, take the opportunity that you're here. I mean, it blows my mind that people will actually be in various parts of the world and, you know, are only focused on the job. They're not understanding. Hello. Yeah, the culture around them. <laughs> Look, where the Look where you are. Look where you are. Stop. So you're educating them in that. You know, well. breathe. Yeah. Or try to. That's great that as well that you, yeah, that you uplift them like that. Because I can't imagine if you're a young boy or girl and, and just having to deal with rejection at a young age and being away from home must be incredibly hard. So it's great that, you you know, either you're there or there's an IMG representative that would be there to kind of a sounding board or to listen to them or dry their tears, because uh, that must be very tough. Some of our biggest investment, too, is during Fashion Weeks where I'm flying teams of people from different territories and it's good for it's good for the employees so they get to work in paris for a little bit they work in sydney they work in milan they work in london so like i always make sure that there's an exchange of uh, of managers and it's so wonderful for the models when they see a familiar face backstage at a show and that's where all the pitfalls are happening the you know the, the dress didn't fit they're they're canceled from the show you know we're there to manage that i mean I know that there's a lot of critical judgments on on the business, but but seriously, I I really feel our integrity, and I know our integrity, and it's what we do, is is to really be there to manage the worst situations. I mean, that's what really is. You know, I you know, I, I there's an expression to good time agent. Don't want to be the good time agent. We're we're not here for just the good time. We're here for the work and the work is actually to uplift somebody and and also modeling not might not be for everybody um and there are other careers and we've had i mean i can i can honestly say tabitha simmons was was an img model and she pivoted to a beautiful career styling and uh you know designing shoes there are other parts of this career and if i could if i can work with somebody and also explain to them you know if this is not working out for you there's so yes. many other opportunities ivan she was my assistant for a nanosecond when i was at the face <laughs> yeah <laughs> we poached her from days and, and what what a lovely human being oh she's great and so and, talented and look for me you know just having the opportunity to to work with some young talent and then to see them evolve um, and become mothers and career women is such great satisfaction for me. I mean, I get, I mean, Carolyn Murphy and I have a relationship for 25 years or whatever. And I, you know, saw her at a certain point in her life, you know, we marched on through together. I so enjoy talking to her now as an adult woman with a grown teenage daughter mm -hmm. It's such a pleasure and such a gift for me. And so like, yeah, I never had children, forgot about that, but I've had a lot. I've had a lot of children and I've, I've watched a lot of them grow. And that must be one of the best parts of the job. Yeah. I mean, first of all, too, hopefully you saw um, Maggie Smith's fantastic performance in, um, uh, oh, I'm, why am I thinking of uh, 
the, the Prime Minister. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. God, I, yes. Well, I'm, well, I'm I, Scottish. Come on. Come on. I'm Scottish. <laughs> okay, exactly. I am Jean Birdie. And I'm in my prime. <laughs> I'm in my prime. <laughs> you, are, you are my girls and I'm in my prime. I mean... <laughs> I think there's always a lot to be said for, you know, if you look at any industry when people have stuck with a, an agency, with management, with whatever, you know, I think if you were a young girl coming into the business, look at who they've got and look how long they've been there. Because I really think sometimes that really speaks volumes. And, you know, it's like any relationship too. I mean, I've had models to leave us, but I've always said I, I never was I never was vindictive, and I I think I I think maybe that's my psychological background too that I understand sometimes also it's a time and a place and relationships don't work out. And I always say the door is open. I'm never that person who's like get out of here. You know I'm always like the door is open, and I'm always there when that phone call. And by the way, there's been many. I I made a mistake, and I'd like to come back. And I can't tell you what that's like, too, to have that wonderful relationship with with talent that, you know, just just I mean, just like, you know, any relationship, sometimes it doesn't work out for now, but there's always tomorrow. And um, I've had a lot of very good experiences with that. Amazing. Brilliant. Ivan, we're going to leave it there because we could talk forever. I love listening to you. And hearing yes. the industry, <laughs> you've had such a, a trajectory. It's such a fascinating life. I bet you've had so intrigued. Thank you for sharing. And then days that you know what we're living through right now too. It's very, very challenging. And you, you know, so thank you by the way for the opportunity, and thank you for even giving me that gift at the end of this. Because there are days that I just feel like, what am I doing? Yeah. I'm not doing anything. Yeah. I think we all feel I'm, that. I'm I'm not succeeding. It's terrible. Things are bad. But all I can do is 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 just lead with intention, manage people well, um, hope that we we could do our best work and they they do theirs and and everybody yes. succeeds. Yes. That's all you can hope for, isn't it? It's just to have integrity and be kind. And be kind. Yes. I think that's that's something Well, I think you're doing I think you're doing a pretty damn good job. Yeah. Well, thank we have you. two fans from the UK here, Ivan. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for always tuning in to listen to our podcasts. Our next guest is someone who we profiled in our new issue that's just hit the newsstands now um, in America and Europe. It's the LGBTQIA plus issue. This person is someone I am thrilled to speak with again, as I think they are so insanely bright and creative. They've appeared on TED Talks about their inventions. I don't want to give too much away, but a little hint is that they can code paper to make it sing when you touch it. They are incredible, and I'm really honoured. So please stay tuned for our next podcast, where we speak to Dr. Kate Stone, 